by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the Fight Podcast, Sergio Vicente. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Fight Podcast. This is your host, Serge Vicente. And hey guys, we have a great show lined up for you today. Um, the UFC is making some huge moves. We're going to go ahead and touch as well on uh, the last Triple G versus Martrojian fight. As well as the up and coming fight cards. We got a huge UFC card this weekend. We have a huge, huge, huge Bellator card this weekend. And we got some boxing, you know, huge boxing fights coming up as well. Man, Loma is fighting Linares. And so, and a pound for pound boxing matchup. It's gonna be incredible, man. This weekend is a great uh, fight weekend. So we're gonna go ahead and jump right into it. If you want to support the show, please, please, please um, follow us at all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast, as well as come on uh, on the online, man. Uh, look at us at www.thefightpodcast.com. There you can buy merchandise, you can support the show, you can listen to episodes, and uh, all in all, you can find out a little bit more about the fight, the Fight Podcast itself, and me so uh get a chance please check it out and uh interact with us man go on our ig um you know have any questions dm me direct questions and also on our uh, website thefightpodcast.com you can go ahead and ask me questions there uh speaking of interacting um Going on here, if you're looking, uh, somebody came to my attention that this past week was the 20th year anniversary of Chi-Town's very own Chi-Town Chicago legend, Shoney Carter, his 20th year anniversary of his epic and the first in in, uh, UFC competition spinning backfist KO of the UFC Hall of Famer Matt Serra. Shoney Carter is a friend of the show, a friend of mine, and uh, it's actually funny. The first time I was able to actually get in the ring, get in the cage with Shoney, where I got some sparring in, I was training MMA, honestly wasn't that long, maybe about a year or so. No one's really throwing spinning back fists and everything once you've only been training for about a year. I get in the ring with dude. I know who he is. We don't really know each other that well yet. First thing he does, he flashes a little kind of inside leg kick that I got to kind of bite on. And sure as, sure as, shoot, sure as Matt Sarah, this dude throws out here, he whacks me with a spinning back fist. Never seen it before. And unlike Matt Sarah, I didn't go down, but I vowed never to get whacked like that again. One of the most devastating moves you actually ever see in uh, 
in MMA when it's pretty much done correctly and in kickboxing as well. But I wanted to give a salute to uh, the MMA god, the MMA legend himself, Shoney Carter. Um, you know, he's still doing it. He actually competed this past week in a grappling tournament here in Chicago, which he uh, came out victorious. So salute to Shoney Carter. Um, moving into the show, MMA news. Uh, again, we have a huge, huge, huge uh, some, some news coming out of coming out of um, the UFC. The UFC um, just struck a deal um, with ESPN and Disney Company, um, where they're going to go ahead and launch the ESPN Plus um, app or function, um, where they're going to go ahead and launch their UFC on ESPN Fight Nights um, as a new digital streaming platform on ESPN. So, what does that mean? It means that... The UFC is going to go ahead and actually have exclusive all Dana White contender series uh, events on their digital platform, which, as we know, the Dana White contender series is a show that is um, done by the UFC and the UFC president, Dana White, where they go ahead and give a platform to up and coming prospects who have the skill set to compete in MMA and at the UFC today. But it's almost like a uh, just a. Uh, just a feeling out process and it's a, a show before the show so it's a great thing really really fun and it's every summer is going into season two and it seems like ESPN's gonna have that which is dope also um you will have access to on the ESPN's app access to full um UFC's full archive programming just like Fight Pass so it seems like Fight Pass is gonna end up being um disappearing or uh, disbanding and this is what's going to take over. Um, I'm excited about this. All the countdown shows and all the rest of their digital content seems will also be on um, the ESPN app. This is great. This is great because I feel like this is going to give an opportunity for more and more people to know the sport and to be more um, accustomed and used to um MMA and the UFC so it should be a good time I'm really really excited for it and uh, I'm interested to see what this is what's going to come up uh, of um, the the digital streaming realm and how the UFC is going to continue evolving especially because they have not done a great job of you know, putting stars out there. So hopefully this deal with ESPN and the deal that they have with um, um, Disney, and it seems like NBC, they're doing something as well, which I'll talk about it when it comes up uh, sooner. Um, We'll see if they actually develop more stars than they have. So interested to see this. This should be exciting. Speaking of stars in the UFC, this week, um, Yair Rodriguez, uh, up-and-coming prospect um, from the U- who's been fought in the UFC. His UFC record is currently 7-1. He has not fought in about a year since last May because uh, uh, since his only loss in the UFC to perennial contender Frankie Edgar. Yair t- has taken a year off um, because he said he wanted to, you know, take care of some injuries. And not only did he want to take care of some injuries, he also wanted to go out there and sure up some holes in his game. 
Frankie exposed him a lot, man. He went out there, took Buddy down, and beat him up, got a second-round finish. So, in this year's time where Yair's been trying to get himself put together, he's turned down a number of fights. The UFC said he turned down a fight with perennial contender um, uh, Lamas, who actually fights out of Chicago. And um, he's... um, or should I say his name is Ricardo Lamas, also fights at the UFC's 145-pound featherweight division. Uh, and so does Yair Rodriguez. He was also offered a fight with the new phenom, Zabit Magomashev from Dagestan, who just came out um, about a month ago on the Kevin Lee card and showed out. Went out there, beat this dude up, and... Um, and showed that he is a contender in the making, possibly a future champion. Why is this important? This is important because the, um, the, as of this morning, the UFC and Dana White's president, or Dana White, the UFC's president, has said they have released Yair Rodriguez, who should be a star in the league. Um, Yair is of Mexican descent speaks fluent English and Spanish, and um, is essentially the leader of the new, you know, UFC Latin push. Well, the UFC has now cut him, a prospect who is 6-1, who has been proven, his only loss to the number two guy in the division, and now he's gone. Top organizations like Bellator, like PFL, um, like Risen, and like 1FC, I'm sure will snatch him up. I know Yair will not be unemployed very, very long time. But this, I believe, by the UFC is short-sighted. They do not have a lot of stars right now. Their biggest star, Conor McGregor, is tied up in legal issues. And for those of us who do not know... Viewership has been down. Viewership has really been down. No one's really watching MMA, and it's kind of a, a little bit of a slow trek for them right now because they don't have stars. Dana White in the UFC, I think, is a little short-sighted in cutting this star, especially when they didn't cut Conor McGregor for throwing a dolly through a bus window and injuring a number of fighters and really costing the organization millions upon millions of dollars. This guy hasn't cost anybody any money. And he's being cut because he pissed off the UFC's president, Dana White. I don't run a multi-billion dollar company. But one thing I do know is that you do not get rid of your assets. I think this is a bad idea for the UFC. And I think Yair is going to be a star somewhere else. So we'll see how this continues developing. We'll see the ramifications of this in the future. But hey, man. Doesn't seem like a good good idea and a good look. Um, hate to see Yair getting cut from the UFC, but I mean, it is what it is. Staying with the UFC, something a little bit more positive at least. Eddie Alvarez, former UFC champion, former Bellator champion, is going to fight up-and-coming star Dustin Poirier in a rematch of their fight that happened last year. Epic fight ended in a no contest. Um, Eddie Alvarez um, ended up kneeing Dustin Poirier when Dustin Poirier was down, um, which is illegal. 
The fight was scheduled to be in no contest because Dustin Poirier could not continue in the fight, even though it seemed as if Dustin Poirier was winning the match. This fight should be a number one contender fight for the 155-pound division. Um, It will take place in UFC Calgary, which will happen later on this summer. Um, That fight seems like it will be epic. Uh, And not only will that fight be epic, it seems like that card is coming out to be pretty epic also. Can't wait for it. Should be great. Uh, Keep you guys posted as, uh, as that continues developing. But whoever wins this fight should have themselves so like pretty much put themselves in position to fight for the 155 pound ufc title which if you guys haven't heard me say it already is the best division in mma so can't wait for that should be a good time all right stick with mma and this is a little bizarre i'm not gonna lie oscar de la hoya boxing legend Promoter of Golden Boy Promotion, who holds on to fighters like Canelo Alvarez, as well as, you know, again, a bunch of big name fighters in boxing. But I'm still sticking with you, uh, MMA, as I'm talking about this. Oscar De La Hoya just announced that he is going to start Golden Boy MMA. I'm excited. Initially, I'm not going to lie. Initially, I'm excited. More organizations in MMA, more talents out there is great. But this is where I think Oscar's kind of messing up a little bit. He says he wants to sign. He's close to signing Chuck Liddell, UFC Hall of Famer, and Tita Ortiz, UFC Hall of Famer, for a trilogy fight. Now, for those of us who don't know, Both of these gentlemen, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz, are retired. Tito Ortiz retired about a year and a half ago. Chuck Liddell has not competed in about seven years. So, Oscar De La Hoya is trying to headline a fight in an organization based upon two old fighters who are not currently competing. This would be the equivalent of the UFC going out there and saying they want to sign... Roy Jones Jr. and Bernard Hopkins for a trilogy fight. It doesn't make sense. Yes, all four of those fighters are legends, but they're not relevant anymore. And if we're going to go out there and try to make an organization, make names, and also to be taken seriously, you have to put up-and-coming guys. you got to put guys who are relevant today now are people gonna watch yeah they'd watch it i'm not gonna lie being an mma advocate and a combat sports fan i would absolutely watch the fight but i hope that they would do a better job of actually putting the entire card together if i was to sign tito ortiz and chuck liddell what i would do is i would have those gentlemen as a co-main event Headline it with some up-and-coming prospects, some big names, and then stack the card with quality fighters. Hopefully, Oscar De La Hoya and Golden Boy Promotions has the foresight to do so. So, the more this goes on, I'll keep everybody posted. Um, but uh, it seems like Oscar De La Hoya is trying to make a splash in MMA. Now, moving on to boxing news. Eddie Hearn. 
Eddie Hearn, who is um, boxing's one of the boxing's top promoters and has done just made waves upon waves um, in you know uh, the boxing world. But specifically in Great Britain, he's the one who's selling on all the shows. He um, promotes Anthony Joshua. Uh, he promotes also American Fighter, but Danny Jacobs. He promotes Kell Brook, all of which who are stars. But all those fights happen a lot of times in the UK. Well, Eddie Hearn seems as if he wants to dabble in um, digital media, but he also wants to dabble, you know, in the U.S. market and promote more um, American fighters. He's doing so by he just signed a $1 billion streaming deal with DAZN um, organization. So, Dazen, Matchroom Boxing, um, seems as if what they're going to go ahead and do, or actually Dazen is pr- pronounced DAZN, um, what they want to end up doing is they're all in the U.S. market. They're going to go ahead and begin this upcoming September for a minimum two-year deals with an option for six more. Uh, the event is going to put a six, 16 boxing fights a year, 12 massive shows, like huge shows here in the States, and it will be streaming all over the place. Um, I think this is great. Can, digital media is the wave, the wave of the future, and it seems like Eddie Hearn is really going to go ahead and pay fighters. If that's the case, I'm excited. I can't wait to see how this continues to develop. And uh, Eddie Hearn, man, you, I cannot lie. He's been making waves. Um, he's the one who wants to make that Wilder Joshua fight, the epic heavyweight matchup. Um, he also um, wants to see if he wants to do uh, Triple G versus. Um, Versus um, like the Charlos and a couple other guys. I can't wait to see it. Um, let's see what Eddie Hearn continues to do. But Eddie Hearn with this, in my opinion, comes out to be the top boxing promoter out there. So salute to uh, Eddie Hearn. And um, we'll see how this continues to develop. Now, speaking of not Eddie Hearn, but bringing up... Um, HBO Boxing. HBO Boxing, which has been in business for the better part of uh, 45 years, has for the first time ever this past weekend on the undercard of these this past, uh, they did it on the undercard of the uh, Triple G um, Martrosian fight. They went ahead and had their first women's fight ever. They've televised their first women's fight ever on the card. Now, I am not going to lie. I was shocked when I heard this. The fact that this was the first fight um, on the first, especially the first boxing fight, uh, women's boxing card in that was televised with HBO was surprising to me. Um, Showtime has already done so. Um, the UFC obviously headlines, you know, a lot of MMA cards have headlined many, many, many um, 
uh, fight cards with women. Women's fights are entertaining. The fact that it's 2018 HBO has just done that for the first time and it's on their undercard shows that they're behind in the times. Um, I'm glad they're finally doing so, but I think this proves why, and this is another reason why Showtime has jumped over... um, over uh, uh, HBO in boxing, I think they just, they just strictly have more vision. They have better boxing fights. Uh, they have bigger names, and they even have big time women's fighters like Clarissa Shields. You know, headlining events and and they really are putting up in the in the forefront. So. Thank goodness that HBO is finally doing that, but I am not gonna lie. I'm not, you know, happy that it's taking this long. Um, fortunately, they did put out there um, Cecilia Brickus, who's 32 and 0 with nine KOs. Uh, she fought Callie Reese, who's 13 and 6 um, with four KOs in a Coleman event. It was a very very tough matchup. Cecilia Brackus um, ended up winning. She's incredible. It was a very, very highly contested fight. This fight should be on there, and people should continue supporting and watching women's events. Um, I just don't understand why, after 45 years, this is the first time that HBO has done so. So, really, really interesting. Um, it, it's um, it's taking a long time for that to happen, but uh, hey, man. Like I said, uh, what what can you do? You know. Um, just to remind everybody, you know, thank you so much for listening to the Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. Um, and yeah, man, we're just gonna keep the party moving. Uh, um, we're gonna again social media. Please, please follow us on at the Fight Podcast. And uh, the rest of the show, we're gonna go ahead again. We're gonna. Uh, highlight our fighter focus which have a great story coming up for you um something that i think you guys are really really gonna enjoy and don't forget we're gonna go ahead and touch on um these up and coming fights and not only that i'm gonna go ahead and uh coming up very soon we're gonna go ahead and break down the uh past triple g fight uh but with that being said uh just a little something for you guys coming up next up we have our prospect alert Prospect Alert is where we show love to up-and-coming prospects who have the skills and the talent but might not be a household name just yet. So this week, we're going to take time out and highlight T. Edwards. Record, five wins, one loss, with five finishes. And now back to your host, Sergio Vicente, to tell us more about this fighter. All right, uh, this week's prospect alert is no other than the uh, fighter from MMA Lab out of Arizona with, you know, awesome guys who fight out there, you know, trained by John Crouch. Um, is no other than T. Edwards. T. Edwards is a lightweight. Um, he's 27 years old. He is 5-1 with 5 KOs. Uh, again, he fights out of MMA Lab. Um, his style is a very, very unique one. He's an extremely patient fighter, but has that scary explosiveness of a Yoel Romero. He's a D1 wrestler out of Arizona State. And, uh, this dude is honestly ready to compete in, uh, 
uh, in the UFC today if he choose if they you know that he chooses to. Um, he again he's a D1 wrestler, solid all around MMA game. His striking is surprisingly also on par. Very very athletic, very explosive, and um, again one of the things that he does that really really does stand out is that he his timing is is extremely unique. He uses his he, he uses his uh, wrestling to again dictate the pace of the fight. He always comes forward, um, but once he gets there, he just unloads with his hands, throws really really solid body kicks. Which again for myself is something that I love. I love guys who throw kicks, and honestly, somebody like himself who is a D1 wrestler at you know ASU University, which some incredible wrestlers come out of that area. He's going to continue developing, and um, again, with his style, I can absolutely see this dude right now being dropped in the top 15 of the UFC's, uh, you know, murderer's row at a 155-pound lightweight division and doing work. Um, He trains with the likes of, you know, MMA legend, and I know I say MMA legend a lot, but these guys are legends. Benson Henderson and, you know, his, again, like I said, his coach, John Crouch. These are people that could continue developing his game. Uh, T is a young guy, um, and uh, he has everything. Physically imposing, explosive, you know, he has a look. He's decent on the mic. Um, guys, please, please, please continue paying attention and looking out for T. Edwards. T. Edwards, um, again, he is a good, our, uh, our prospect alert uh, for this week. Um, I hope we'll see him in the UFC very, very soon. Thank you again for uh, for listening to us on the Fight Podcast. Um, like I told you guys, man, we, we, we're going to talk about um, all the upcoming fights. Uh, we still have uh, some some really, really interesting stuff coming up. I'm going to go. We have our fighter focus coming up, which we're going to tell a great story about a great guy. Um, and we're also going to go ahead and um, break down the uh, the up and coming fight cards again. Lomachenko is fighting this weekend. Uh, not only is Lomo, Lomo fighting this weekend, uh, we have, you know, big UFC fight card this week. And not only do we have a huge UFC card, you shoot Bellator. So great fight weekend all in all. But as I promised, let's go ahead and break down this past week's fight. Um, this past Cinco de Mayo card with Gennady Golovkin, Triple G, as my boy Charlo says, GGG. GGG fought Martrosian. Um, Vans Martrosian. So, for those of us who did not know, did not pay attention, um, this fight was supposed to be between, uh, supposed to be the rematch, the single de Mayo rematch between uh, Canelo Alvarez and uh, Gennady Golovkin, and um, the fight didn't happen. Uh, Canelo had to pull out because of some tainted taco meat, as he said, some uh, <laughs> in Mexico. Um, not a lot of people are buying that excuse. Um, he got he popped he pissed hot for clenbuterol, which is a uh, performance enhancing drug. So, uh, how do we feel about it? Um, what um, it, uh, the fight? How do you feel the fight went down? So, the fight itself uh, ended up instead of happening in Vegas, ended up happening in um, in at the Staples Center in Colorado. 
I have to say, man, the Staples Center and just LA in general does a phenomenal job with fights, man. Um, if you see the events, always they're they're packed. Even with an event like this one that did not have, you know, um, did not have the opportunity to really promote, still packed the house, went out there and it was an electric event, man. You felt it. I'm watching the event here at home and it just felt, felt as if it was, um, you know, just an, an epic matchup. You felt like something was going to happen. It was just that aura in the air. You didn't know Vans, who is, a, you know, a stand-up fighter in his own right. We didn't know if he was going to go out there and do work and surprise the world. Or we didn't know if we were going to see that vintage killer, you know, um, Mexican-style Gennady Golovkin, knockout artist um, Gennady Golovkin. Uh, man, we saw the ladder. We really did. Um, the fight took place, went out there, and man, that first round, you know, the fighters come out there, the, the crowd was going nuts. Um, it, it was, uh, it, it was, you know, each punch, you know, the crowd, you know, moved. Uh, as soon, as soon as the, you know, the fight started, it was just something that was electric. Now, I'm not going to lie, very surprised to start off, Martrojian goes out there and just established the center of the ring. Started popping Triple G with a jab. And for the, all of us who don't know, Triple G has widely regarded as having the best jab in boxing. Van went out there and was doing work. He went out there and, 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 and didn't seem like someone who was a contender. He seemed as if somebody who actually wanted to win. Now... Vans, for those of us who don't know, had not fought in two years. So he was in a little bit of a pickle, you know, aside, you know, before the fight even began. And not only has he, you know, didn't go fight for two years, uh, he was fighting Triple G. A tall order, but, you know, kudos to him. By the end of the first round, Vans went out there and, oh man, caught Gennady Golovkin with a four-punch combination at the end of the round that seemingly rocked Triple G, stopped his momentum, had him going straight back from the beginning, and I, for, you know, for, 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 for one, was like, oh man, this is gonna end up being a fight, um, yo, I was wrong, <laughs> Second round, it seemed as if Triple G was pissed off that Vans had the audacity to actually make contact with him. Goes out there, um, just um, just um, about 40 seconds into the second round, catches Vans with a nine-punch combination. It looked like it looked like a video game. Everything that he threw, hooks. Punches, every punch he landed, you saw sweat flying off of Van's face. Triple G had this look of determination as he was doing it. Nine punches later, everything landed solid. Vans is down. He can't answer the uh, the 10 count. Triple G statement wins the fight. Beautiful performance. He goes out there and does what he was supposed to do. He went out there and 
dominated an opponent that wasn't supposed to be in there with him. And he proved that at this point in time, he is still the top dog at 160 pounds, boxing's middleweight uh, weight class. Beautiful performance. Um, now, what's next for GGG? He has to fight somebody else. He has to fight Charlo. He has to fight Danny Jacobs. He has to fight Canelo. Then and only then will I be willing to go ahead and name him the number one guy out there. But he went out there and did what he had to do. He, he, he finished his opponent, um, and especially on short notice. Very, very impressive job by Gennady Golovkin. Um, I cannot wait to see what happens. All signs are pointing to in September, he will be having the rematch with Canelo Alvarez. With this past fight and Canelo's tainted supplements and being suspended for six months, I fully believe that everyone is going to go out there and say that Triple G is the favorite for the fight. So we'll keep that posted as that comes along. But I want to talk about which was by far Hands down, it was the most entertaining fight of the weekend. Tony Bello versus David Hay. Now this fight, I called and said it was going to be the, it was at least, it was my fight of the weekend, right? It was uh, the fight that I had um, slated to be the most entertaining fight. And you know what? It did not, uh, it didn't disappoint. David Haig ends up getting the fifth round uh, finish. Uh, I'm sorry, Tony Bello gets the fifth round finish of David Haig. Um, this fight was entertaining. The beginning of the fight goes out there. And again, this fight took place in London. Oh, what an incredible atmosphere. They, in Britain, Eddie Hearn and those boys know how to do it right. Sold out event. Stadium show. Thousands upon thousands. 20,000 people. I mean, thousands upon thousands of people in the crowd. It's incredible. Um, all the stars of Britain are out there. You have Anthony Joshua in the mix. You know, you have movie stars. Everyone's there. Um, you even had, in my opinion, the best color commentator in the game in boxing, that is, Paul Malnagy there for Sky Sports calling the event. Big deal. It was, it was incredible. Incredible atmosphere. This is a rematch, so these guys knew what to expect. They were talking a lot of trash. Really, really talking spicy um, leading up to the event. Um, last event, it was a 10th round KO by uh, Tony Bello of David Haig. David Haig said, what's going to happen again? Tony Bello said, I'm going to do it better. And better he did. The fight goes starts off. Both men, there is no feeling out process. They went out there and just started slinging. I'm not going to lie. I absolutely had uh, David Haig winning the first couple rounds of the fight. There were very close rounds. But if you were looking at it, the man who was out there landing the harder shots, you know, and looked more aggressive was David Haig. Everything that he threw stopped Tony Bello in his tracks, at least in the early going. 
you know, sweat was flying. Um, right, I mean, after the second round, Tony Bello, his face, he had, um, you know, big, big red bruises everywhere on his face. Um, but again, so did, uh, so did uh, David Haig as well, because Tony Bello was doing a phenomenal job of countering everything that uh, Haig had to throw for him. Second round, more of the same. Third round is where it got interesting. Third round, both men are out there, you know, in an in incredible exchange. Halfway through the round, Tony Bello starts throwing, I mean, David Haig starts throwing haymakers at Bello. Bello doesn't, looks like the Matrix, slipping shots left and right, you know, slipping underneath. And then all of a sudden, after slipping six punches or so, he comes forward, attacks right on a straight line. Ends up slipping a punch from Haig, landing a huge right hand, dropping David Haig for the first time in the match. It looked like it could have been over. David Haig all stands up, grabbing his ankle, which something that seemed as if was bothering him, you know, and this is something that uh, has been plaguing him the later part of his career. Might have messed with him a little bit more this fight. Tony Bello keeps his foot on the gas. Drops him again in the, in the in the third round. Fourth round, entertaining. Both going back and forth. Fifth round comes up. Dave uh, Tony Bello has eye of the tiger. Throws a huge left hook. Drops Tony Bello. Tony Bello can't answer the bell. Fight's done. Beautiful stoppage. Fifth round stoppage by Tony Bello. Um, definitely the fight of the weekend. Incredible fight. Um, Tony Bello... Still, your younger guy in his career um, has the opportunity now, especially with um, Eddie Hearn, who's the best promoter in the boxing game right now, has the opportunity to go ahead and have some big fights. Um, there is a cruiserweight tournament happening right now. And again, I'm sorry I didn't say it. This was a cruiserweight fight. These gentlemen fought at 210 pounds. They're bigger on the scale. A lot of cruiserweights fight closer to 200 pounds, but both men tip the scales at 210. Um... I can see David Haig fighting some of the guys at heavyweight, um, even like, let's say, like Luis Ortiz. Or I can see him fighting down some of the cruiserweights. Can't wait to see what's going to happen with, David, with, uh, with Tony Bello. Great, great fight. Can't believe it. You know, I'm, I'm just so happy that it lived up to the, uh, lived up to the expectations. Um, thanks guys again for joining us. Um, th this is, you know, we really do enjoy, I really do enjoy doing this. Uh, again, this is the fight podcast. You can find the fight podcast on iTunes. Please listen, subscribe, rate, share with friends. And you can also find us on, uh, SoundCloud. Communicate with me. Ask me questions on, um, all social media platforms at the fight podcast or, uh, directly on Twitter at Serge Vicente on Twitter um, with that being said you know we have something else coming for you guys right now hey everybody so our fighter focus is where here on the fight podcast Sergio focuses on a fighter who is more than just a gladiator but someone who carries themselves like a champion in and out of the ring so the fight podcast's fighter focus for week 12 is Bellator heavyweight contender Justin Wren. Here's your host, Sergio, for more on this week's fighter.
Welcome back to the Fight Podcast. Um, and yes, we're gonna have our fighter focus. This week's fighter focus is no other than Justin Wren, the big pygmy. Now, Justin Wren is in my opinion, one of the best people in MMA. He's the Bellator heavyweight contender. He's also a former um, UFC uh, heavyweight contender as well. Justin Wren, um, not only is he one of the best heavyweight fighters in the world, super elite, um, super well-rounded, he is also the founder of and he started the Fight for the Forgotten. The Fight for the Forgotten is a nonprofit uh, organization making life-altering impacts in remote parts of the Congo jungle in Africa. Um, he started working with the pygmies there, and what he ends up doing and what they end up doing is that they actually bring water to the pygmies and those small communities of places that they just don't have any water. This is incredible, man, Um, that somebody is actually spending time. And honestly, he's even said it himself. The only reason that he's actually competing is to give himself a bigger platform to bring light to what's going on in um, the Congo, in the Pygmy Jungle. So, um, a number of years ago, a little bit about Justin Wren. Justin Wren was depressed. He was, you know, a drug addict and um, off of like depression, things like that. Uh, he ended up, you know, fighting, got through, you know, his depression, but he had, he he ended up taking a trip, uh, to the Congo, which changed his life. Um, what they're trying to do there is that they're trying to move, uh, again, they're just trying to bring as much, uh, awareness and they're trying to drill, um, 27 water wells and, uh, start farming programs for the pygmies so they continue, um, to surviving in Africa and surviving there. Um, people talk all day long about, you know, helping communities and helping different things. And this gentleman is actually putting his money where his mouth is. He's going there, the bulk of, he's going there multiple times a year. The bulk of his earnings and, uh, and what he's doing is uh, strictly to bring awareness and for his foundation. So to help with what he's doing, and again, he's bringing water to people who don't have water. He's helping these individuals who, you know, don't have clean water, don't have clean food um, in, you know, third world countries. He's bringing that to them. This is a good person and he's doing this out of the goodness of his own heart not for anybody else not to tell a story this is just because justin wren's a good damn dude um here at the fight podcast we salute people like justin wren we salute justin wren and i hope that he continues you know um, along his mission and we also hope i i mean personally i hope that he continues winning so that it continues bringing light to what's currently happening in the congo in africa and honestly look here around the world i mean we have issues like that here in the united states and there are plenty of people who are making you know uh doing things like that to assist um as well so big ups to justin wren heavyweight contender in bellator and um please if you guys get an opportunity follow and donate to the fight for the forgotten um justin wren's um organization thank you again guys as always um for listening to the fight podcast um i'm your host as you know serge vicente and uh 
there is so so much that's been happening um these fights they're they're a gang of fights coming up and um we're gonna start today by about you know the biggest fight in my opinion coming up this weekend and it is the boxing fight that I'm so happy it's not a pay-per-view event. It's right there. It's going to be on ESPN. Vasily Lomachenko, who is widely regarded as the number one pound-for-pound boxer in the world, fighting at 130 pounds, is fighting Jorge Linares, who is pound-for-pound one of the greatest uh, fighters in his weight class. So... This should be a fight. A lot of people, you know, are split on this. Um, I was initially a little split on it myself, but there, okay, there's a couple things, and this is the way I want to break it down a little bit. This is a great matchup, but Lomachenko, hands down, is the best pound-for-pound pound guy, guy out there. I fully anticipate that he will show off all of his skills. Now, Linares is a lot bigger than uh, Lomachenko is. Not only is he a lot bigger, um, he's scrappy. Uh, he's much more accomplished. He has a lot of power. Um, so, I don't think, like a lot of the other matchups, Linares, or should I say Lomachenko, is just going to run through him. I think uh, Linares is going to make this a fight. I think his size, his craftiness, his power in both hands are really going to dictate a lot of this fight. But, I have to agree with a lot of the the pundits, man. I think that Lomachenko is going to end up getting a late KO in this fight. Um, as much as Linares is a bigger guy, um, I know that he ends up, he, a lot of times, you know, he's one of the guys that he's so aggressive. He has a couple headbutts and he, you know, he cuts, cuts people, but Linares has been stopped. I think that these opportunities, Lomachenko is, is going to exploit the fact that he is a smaller man. I think that he's going to exploit the fact that he uses angles arguably better than anybody in boxing history. And I think that he's going his speed and his um, his pace is just going to be too much. Uh, I, I see this being a 10th round stoppage by um, Lomachenko. And he will continue moving forward and hopefully, who knows, fighting uh, uh, Javante Davis after this fight or fighting someone like um, a Mikey Garcia. We'll see how this happens. Um, I don't know, but all in all, I have um, Loma by KO. It should be a great, great fight. Um, this is going to be uh, a lot of fun. And the best thing about it is it's free TV. It's going to be on ESPN. So uh, for those of us who have ESPN, let's check it out. Um, I'll be doing a full breakdown on next week's show. All right. MMA. Moving on a little bit MMA um, up-and-coming cards. This is a great MMA weekend. 
Honestly, I can I could not differentiate which is a better card, all-around card. But this is some solid fights, man. I'm gonna watch them all, and I'm definitely gonna have to go ahead and uh, have have my tablet with the uh, the Lomachenko Lenatis fight. I'm gonna have to have you know one TV uh, with the Bellator fight, uh, and then the other TV. Or actually, I'm sorry, the Bellator fights on uh, on Friday, so I don't, luckily I don't have to worry about that. But the other fight is definitely gonna be my uh the ufc card so i'm gonna be bouncing around all weekend watching all the fights and uh this is gonna be great so bellator 199 is gonna be at the sap center in san jose california it's kind of like the uh the unofficial home of bellator because i believe that's actually where scott coker the uh ceo and president of uh bellator i think that's where he resides but this is gonna be a great card um, we're continuing, Bellator is continuing with their, uh, heavyweight tournament, which has been, yo, it's been great, man. Great fights, it's been entertaining, and it really has, is building storylines. Ryan Bader, the current 205-pound champ for Bellator and former UFC standout, is fighting King Mo Lawal. Mohammed King Mo Lawal. Um, and, uh, King Mo is... Is incredible. Both gentlemen are, um, are are veterans in the game. Both gentlemen generally fight at 205 pounds, but this is going to be a heavyweight fight. And uh, yo, I cannot wait to see it. So now I'll bring this up really quick because uh, King Mo he has had some health issues and he said he this is going to be the first time in years that he is actually fully healthy and granted he says he's a smaller man in this fight but for the those of us who did not know he actually beat Ryan Bader in college in wrestling so both guys have a wrestling pedigree King Mo better quality wrestler so we're going to end up seeing who's going to end up winning the wrestling. I think it's going to end up being more of a stand-up match. But this is what King Mo had to say about this matchup. I me when I beat Quentin Jackson. And they discount me and I beat Quentin who's in the tournament. But it is what it is because, you know, I ain't going to lie. I'm, I'm polarizing. People love me and hate me. A lot of people hate me. I get a lot of hate. I get a lot of love. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? When I went to Japan, I was the smallest person in Japan. Both tournaments. I was the smallest person in the, the Grand Prix when they in Dynamite. So it makes no difference, man. Size ain't shit, man. Like Bushwick Bill say from the Ghetto Boys. Size ain't shit. You know what I'm saying? It's technique, tactics, and the heart. You know what I'm saying? I got plenty of heart because I'll fight anybody. You won't see me quit. You won't see me pull guard. You won't see me shoot to my knees unless someone take my back and beat me up. I'm there to fight, man. I'm there to fight. Five minutes, 25 minutes, turn the time off. You want to fight in the street? We can fight in the street. You want to fight in the dirt road? You want to fight in the bank? You want to fight at 7-Eleven? You want to fight at Wawa's? You know what I'm saying? I'll fight you wherever, man. I don't care. Just get the check ready. It's funny. Now, <laughs> I love it. I love when people go out there and start talking spicy. When he said, shoot in for a double leg, drop to your knees, he's referring to Ryan Bader getting beat up and KO'd by Anthony Rumble Johnson when both gentlemen were still in um, the UFC. The fact that King Mo seems as if he has this chip on his shoulder. It seems like the first time he's actually the smaller guy, 
I'm going to go on a limb, and I'm going to say King Molawal is going to beat Ryan Bader at uh, Bellator 199 uh, via, I'm going to say, third round. I'm going to say um, unanimous decision. I don't see um, Ryan Bader out grappling him. And uh, you know what? There's something, there's something that goes, somebody just has that dog in him. I really believe that King Mo has that dog in him. So I can't wait to see the rest of this event. It should be an extremely entertaining matchup. Um, but we're going to go ahead and rock with King Mo um, for the third round uh, um, fight. Next up, Paul Daly is um this is a 170 pound welterweight matchup is the co-main event paul semtex daily ko artist 40 wins 15 l's and uh shoot over 30 ko's he's about to fight john fitch 30 w's seven uh losses and one no contest now semtex Paul Daly is, um, seems like he hasn't been very happy with what's been going on in Bellator, but he still seems as if he's hungry to compete. So I was really interested to hear what he had to say. You know, I was just really interested to hear, you know, about the fight. I was also very interested in, um, and just in general, how he how he felt about MMA. Now, um, this fight should be interesting. One gentleman in John Fitch is going to try to take the the fight to the ground. Uh, John Fitch. Um, last time I actually saw John Fitch compete was for the WSOF. He fought for the World Series of Fighting. Who is currently the um, the PFL's. Um, uh, is they're, they're now the Pro Fighters League, the WSOF. He was their former champion, 170 pounds. Um, I was actually at uh, their 2017, uh, his 2017 fight card in Madison Square Garden. I saw him fight uh, John Fitch fight live there. It was a um, grappling heavy fight. He won, and you know what? After that fight, he was talking about retirement. Kind of felt bad because everyone was booing. Um, was not the most entertaining fight, but that's something that John Fitch has never been known to do. John Fitch isn't known for being entertaining. John Fitch is known to be grimy and winning fights, and that's what people love about him. So um, now he's gonna go out there and compete against somebody who's known to knock people's faces off. And honestly. Paul Daly, who is no, no, you know, everyone knows about it. Paul Daly, British champion. Um, he is not trying to be on the ground. He wants to uh, go out there and sling. His last outing um, for uh, Bellator, he fought the highly touted UFC um, transplant Lorenz Larkin and got the second round KO. So this is what he actually had to say leading up to this fight. After I knock this guy out, so my priority will be to, to sit down finally with the people at Bellator and discuss where we are going to go and actually treat me like, like the marquee fighter that, that, that I am, obviously, because they keep putting me on these shows. So if that's done, then we'll, we'll go into bigger and better things, whether it be a title shot, whether it be a tournament, or whether it be whoever, you know? Do you, do you feel like that big performance will, that'll mean they'll want, they'll want you back? When I knock people out, the 
the world wants me. The world wants me. I'm in demand. I'm in demand on social medias. I'm viral instantly. And when I knock him out, Fitch, brutally, I'll be in demand. Trust me. I'm going to be in demand. You got to love it. And you know what, man? Paul Daly's not wrong. He had two of the biggest KOs of the year last year. Uh, one by flying knee. One by a huge left hook. Bellator needs to take care of this man. He is um, extremely entertaining. I hope that they figure it out. And I hope that he stays with Bellator. Um, and I hope that I continue watching Paul Daly. I have Paul Daly winning this fight by, as he says, vicious KO. Um, but we'll see. I have this fight being a second round. Um, I don't see um, Fitch getting him down. Second round KO by devastating fashion, Paul Daly. Um, next up. In the hundred uh, featherweight 145 pound division, we have the top phenom, the top prospect in MMA today, Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico, um, a, an Olympic gold medalist uh, wrestler. He actually trains boxing um, f- uh, with Freddie Roach, um, who was, you know, trained the likes of Miguel Cotto, uh, Manny Pacquiao. James Tony and many many others. Aaron Pico is um, is a phenom, but one thing that stands out to me at least is his mindset. And this is just something that after I heard it, I just I, I this is why I think this man's gonna end up not only being a champion, and I think he's going to walk through his opponent. Um, but this is what he had to say, and this is why he continues to get better. Then it's like you gotta keep building, you gotta keep building. And for me, honestly, I'm with my, my family every day. I'm surrounded by great coaches, and I and I honestly ask questions: How do I get better today? When I'm with Freddie, I say, What do we work on today to get better, to being the best fighter in the world? Antonio, what do I have to do today to get better? I'm with my brother in the car, and I'm I'm serious. How do I get better as a fighter? Because at the end of the day, in fighting, you're gonna you're gonna be winning, and it's just gonna be like, What's next? What's next? What's next? So I enjoy my wins. I really really do I enjoy it a couple weeks then it's like I have to I, I'm not a world champion so then well, well, what did I, I just want to fight until I get that belt around my waist I'm the champ of the world then it goes to the next question who am I defending against then you defend it against him this guy's next so the, it's an ongoing cycle so to be honest with you you can never really enjoy your wins until you retire I mean you this is why this kid is gonna be here for a long time He's 2-1 in Bellator. His, his MMA career is 2-1. He lost his first fight. He got. He ended up getting choked out by a, a, a crafty veteran. Now, he could have taken it like most people. Fought a whole bunch of cans. Not cared. He went net to Bellator and said, I want to fight the best of the best. And look, man. Even with this upcoming fight... He's fighting. He's fighting um, Lee Morrison. Lee Morrison's nineteen and eight. That's a seasoned vet, guys. He, he he wants to go out there and he wants to you know he he wants to you know make Aaron Pico look like a bum. What do I feel is gonna happen? I think Aaron Pico's gonna go out there, use his boxing, dictate the pace of the fight with his wrestling, and I think he's also gonna he's gonna get another 
uh, first or second round KO. Um, Aaron Pico will within by if not by the end of this year, no, by the beginning of next year. You know, summer next year, Aaron Pico will be the champion at 145 pounds in Bellator. And you know what? He has all the opportunity and skills to be, and especially you hear his mindset. Guys with that mindset, that's like LeBron James. That's like Kobe. Guys who think like that are going to continue growing, continue being better than everybody else, man. Um, that's like, you know, like George St. Pierre, you know, those guys, Daniel Cormier, all those. You you have to love his mentality. So uh, salute to Aaron Pico. I have Aaron Pico winning. Uh, that is the Bellator 199 uh, card. I think is going to be incredible. Um, that is going to be Friday night at the SAP Center in San Jose, California. UFC. UFC also has a UFC 224 coming out of uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. UFC is going back to Brazil. Um, have some great event, great events there. And this fight is headlined by one of the greatest female MMA fighters of all time, and the female who has actually headlined um, some of the biggest MMA events of all time, Amanda Nunes. Um, Amanda Nunes is fighting Raquel Pennington in a um, huge, huge, huge um, matchup. Now, Raquel Pennington is the underdog in this fight, and um, and I'm going to be extremely honest with you. Um, a lot of people aren't giving her a chance. Raquel Pennington is a brawler. She goes out there and she makes every fight that she's been in ugly, right? She she mixes it up better than most. Um, she, and not only does she mix it up better than most, she's been in there with some of the best in the world. She's been in there with Holly Holm. She's, you know, she's been in there with Misha Tate. Her last fight, she actually competed against Misha Tate and won in, um, in you know, her decision victory. Now, this is where I get worried. She has not competed in two years. And she's going in there to fight against the um, arguably the best, you know, female fighter in her weight class in her weight class um, uh, her weight class history. Raquel Pennington's record is nine wins and six losses. It's a little bit of a salty record if you're going to fight for a championship, but um, women's MMA is still so new, it, it, it makes sense. She's going to fight Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes is 15 and four, and Amanda Nunes has not lost in in a better part of five years, uh, or from sorry, four years. She's going out there. She's KO'd. Um, you know the, the the lot of them. She her one of her last uh, fights. She beat um, uh, Shevchenko, who is one of the greatest uh, female fighters out there. And she also the fight before that KO'd um, Ronda Rousey, who people be- uh, before believed was the greatest female fighter of all time. And before that, she KO'd who again who is one of the female goats, Misha Tate. She's a knockout artist. Now, this is what Raquel Pennington said leading up to this fight. And yo, you can't be mad at her if you're feeling this way. Um, but I'm gonna tell you how I feel in a second. That brings something that Amanda's never experienced. I think uh, at the end of the day, I mean, Amanda, she has great striking, but you know, I have better striking. I feel like I bring more of a brawling style, and I could take a punch. And so, I mean, she wants to sit here and give me one punch. I'll take one punch to give her three. And on top of that, I think that I'm the better wrestler. 
um, and then the ground game. You know, a lot of people categorize me as this brawler, but they haven't seen my well-rounded game, and that's one thing that I feel like makes me uh, extremely dangerous. I think that I'm... All right. Raquel's talking real spicy. She's going out there. She's saying that she could take a punch. She's a better striker. And let me be the first to tell you, Raquel Pennington is not a better striker than um, Amanda Nunes. And I'm going to take the words of, of great boxing legend, heavyweight boxing champion, Mike Tyson. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. His, his quote was something like that, give or take. She says she could take a punch. I'm be honest with you. I don't know if she can. I really don't believe she can. Um, if she goes out there and takes multiple shots by Amanda Nunes, she will be finished. Now, she has. A, I think it's going to be a great fight because she is so versatile and she is, you know, durable. She can take shots. She took shots against Holly Holm, a fight that she lost. But if Amanda Nunes gets rolling. And Amanda Nunes has that championship swagger. I see Amanda Nunes finishing this fight in a third round. This is a five-round five main event. It is in Amanda Nunes' country in Brazil. I see her going out there, knocking Raquel Pennington out cold. Um, should be a very, very fun fight. Should be very interesting. But at the end of the day... I think this fight for Amanda Nunes not only leads to her legacy, it also leads to big, big money. She's going to be a star in the UFC, a bigger star, should I say, and it's going to lead up to her fighting, who, in my opinion, is the female GOAT, greatest of all time, Chris Cyborg, who is the 145-pound champion for the UFC. This fight is taking place 135 pounds, um, so I cannot wait to see what happens uh, from here on out. So, um, that fight, I have Amanda Nunes fighting Raquel Pennington. All right, next up on that fight, the co-main event is Jacare Souza. Jacare Souza um, is fighting Kevin Gastelum, Calvin Gastelum. Um, this should be a great fight. Um, uh, Ronaldo Jacare Souza is the number ranked number two in the middleweight division of the UFC. Calvin Gastelum is ranked number five. Uh, both of these guys are um, great. Um, very, very different skill sets. If you look at Jacare Souza, Jacare Souza is the most decorated Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu practitioner to ever compete in MMA. He's won um, all of the top tournaments. And um, not only is he one of the top jiu-jitsu specialists in MMA and top grapplers, he also is devastating with his power. Finishes the bulk of his fights. He's 25 and 5 with the bulk of his fights. Um, he, he has a 95% uh, a finish ratio. Whoa, that dude gets it done. But... He's fighting the, the up-and-coming. Not even going to say up-and-coming. He's been here for a while. Um, Kevin Gastelum, who is 15-3. Uh, the young boy coming out of Texas. Kevin Gastelum fights with, in my opinion, one of the best gyms, uh, best coaches uh, in MMA out of Kings MMA. Um, out, out there in Orange County. 
Uh, he also uh, grapples and has jiu-jitsu with um, Eddie Bravo. Eddie Bravo is um, the the founder uh, of, uh, of 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. Um, we have gyms all over the country and the world now. And uh, he's also the founder of, uh, of the Eddie Bravo Invitational. So, both gentlemen, Jacare Souza and Kevin Gaslam, have solid grappling. Um, obviously, I give the nod to... Uh, to uh jacare um but calvin's nothing to sneeze at calvin is also smaller for the weight class he's probably better suited to fight at 170 pounds but he's ranked number five at 185 he's a smaller guy but he's faster than everybody else his last outing went out there and ko'd the former um ufc middleweight champion michael bisbing in devastating fashion ko buddy in the first round um it was a sight to behold uh it was great to see um kevin gaslam is is a beast now how do i see this fight going I honestly see this fight going the exact same way that this fight, that Jacare's fight with um, the current UFC's uh, UFC's champion. I'm so upset. I'm, 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 I'm uh, oh, Robert Whitaker. He fought Robert Whitaker and actually got KO'd in the second round. I see this fight being very similar. Kevin Gaslam has very good takedown defense. I think he's going to be able to. Uh, keep away Jacare with his footwork Kelvin has some of the best footwork I've ever seen and especially in that division he's going to be too quick for him and um, I think his hand speed's too much he's going to implement the exact same game plan that Robert Whitaker implemented you know defend the wrestling defend the red defend the takedown defend the takedown defend the jiu-jitsu defend the jiu-jitsu and then land big hands if he goes out there and does that he should win this fight. I see this fight being a second round KO. Kevin Gaslam goes to Brazil, beats uh, uh, Jacare Souza in his hometown. Should be an epic matchup. Could go either way. Should be close. But I have Kevin Gaslam, the American, uh, going out there uh, and doing work. Should be great. All right. Now, uh, next fight Jean Lineker. Is gonna go and fight against Brian Keller. Brian Keller, I didn't know much about, but he's a beast, and so is um, John Lineker. This is a featherweight fight, 145, 135 pounds of the UFC's uh, division. John Lineker is 38 and 8 again. High knockout percentage. Over 90% of his opponents have getting KO'd. He's won seven of his last eight fights by KO. Brian Keller, on the other hand, is also uh, he's uh, 19 and eight, but he's finished his last two out of his three UFC fights. Both of those finishes were by K by KO. And the most impressive uh, victory that he's had in the UFC was beating former featherweight champion Henan Barrow. Now. Brian Keller is very well-rounded. He comes forward, and um, he actually, for those of us who don't know Brian Keller, made his name on that Dana White Contender Series, which I spoke about um, earlier. Great, great, great event, and uh, and he ended up winning that fight by spinning back fist. Brian Keller is very well-rounded, comes forward, good power in both hands. 
But honestly, I think he's a poor man, John Lineker. John Lineker does the exact same thing. Solid wrestling, but more power. Um, And when John Lineker hits people, they just go to sleep. I have not seen enough of, um, of Keller to give him this fight. So I'm going with John Lineker, uh, first round, uh, I'm going to say third round KO, back and forth fight, but it's going to be KO by John Lineker in uh, devastating fashion. All right, this next fight should be pretty fun. Um, it is the, a fight between Amanda Cooper with a salty record of four and three is going to fight against um, Mackenzie Dern, the uh, USC up and coming phenom. Mackenzie Dern, uh, the daughter of Megaton Diaz, who is one of the greatest jujitsu practitioners ever. Um, she is six and zero. She fights over. Uh, she fights out of the MMA lab. Also, she fights here out of uh, Arizona. Uh, but they're fighting in Brazil, and she is Brazilian descent, and uh, and she actually uh, lived in uh, Brazil for a little bit. So uh, Mackenzie Dern is six and zero. Um, five five submissions and um, and uh, one uh, decision. Amanda Cooper is four and three. Now. Amanda Cooper has been talking a little bit of trash, and uh, I, I just wanted to kind of highlight what she had to say first. Take me to the top. I mean, I'm, I'm being a 6-0 and rising star. All the, the people that are behind her, all the people that want to believe in this this crazy Mackenzie Dern hype, they're going to you know be fans of me. And if they're not going to be fans of me, they're going to be watching me because I'm the girl that beat her. Um, and this is that's the why I wanted that fight. It's not a it's a win. It's not a win win for me. Oh, if you lose, it's just Mackenzie Dern. I'm, uh, that's not in my head. I'm going to win this fight, and it's going to bring me to the top. And that's the that's where I need to go. I need to beat high level people to get to high level fights, and it's going to progress me a lot faster. When I beat her, this is the type of stuff that I love. Now, um, Amanda Cooper's style, um, she's she's great. Uh, very, very good footwork, good movement. She switches stance as well. Uh, and she's always improving. Her grappling has gotten a lot better. Now, is it on the same level as Mackenzie Turns? Obviously not. Um, but she had a great, great matchup. Her last fight out against a- Angela uh, Magna. Um, she, you know, got a, uh, a, a, a second round TKO on the ground from punches. Uh, sliced through her on the ground on defense. Or should I say in, through her grappling. Uh, she looked great. She really did. Um, this is going to be a difficult fight for Mackenzie Dern, but it is the perfect type of fight that you want to, you know, to you know, it's, it's it's the right amount, it's the right type of test. She's four and three, so she's still improving herself. She's not Amanda Cooper. Should I say isn't somebody who's just going to knock your face off? Um, and. Mackenzie Dern, who we already know is one of the greatest jujitsu practitioners out there, um, it, it should be fun. It should be entertaining. Um, but I will say this: if Mackenzie Dern's striking has not improved, Amanda Cooper might be able to put, take her part on her feet. Mackenzie Dern's, um, if if you looked at her first uh, appearance in the UFC. Her striking was okay. It wasn't great. Um, but one thing I loved out of Mackenzie Dern, she's aggressive. Angela Cooper's striking is a little bit more technical. But being that Mackenzie Dern is a bigger girl, 
she might be able to impose her size and her will with her aggressive striking, take the fight to the ground, and uh, and finish Amanda Cooper there. That's what I see happening. I see this being a um, a, a second round submission finish by uh, Mackenzie Dern. Um, we'll see. Um, now, this is the thing that's a little interesting. Mackenzie Dern has missed weight for this fight. Mackenzie Dern came in 7.4 pounds overweight. A lot of times, I you shouldn't be able to fight. Usually, if you're that, you, you're not coming in professional. I don't know what happened with the weight cut, um, but Amanda Cooper is still taking this fight. Kudos to her. She ends up getting 20% of uh, Mackenzie Dern's purse. And, um, or should I say winnings, whatever you want to call it. But uh, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know if Mackenzie Dern didn't take this fight seriously. I am still judging this fight based on she took it as seriously as possible. Something happened during the weight cut process. And I still have Mackenzie Dern winning this fight. Should be entertaining, but uh, we'll see what happens, man. A little bit of drama leading into the event. Um... But, yeah, you know, drama always leads for even better fights. So, we'll see what happens. But uh, I will say one thing. Mackenzie, uh, Amanda Cooper is very correct. If she goes out there, does work on Mackenzie Dern. If Amanda Cooper beats her, people are going to be paying attention. So, uh, good luck to both women. I think this is going to be great. All right. I'm going to finish this by saying um, but the last big fight on the card. The fight, the card opens up with legends. The fight opens up with... MMA legend Vitor Belfort fighting MMA legend Lyoto the Dragon Machida. All right. Um, this fight, the guy's records, Vitor Belfort is 26 and 13, fighting Lyoto Machida, who's 23 and 8. This is Vitor Belfort, which he said his last fight in um, MMA. Lyoto Machida still wants to compete. Already, I'm going to say this. Anybody who ever goes out there and says, they, who has, has a foot out of the door, usually loses the fight. They're not there. They don't have a head in the game. They're already ready to get out. Leoto seems like he still wants to compete. Both of these guys are a little long in the tooth. So when you got two old vets, grizzled vets, it should be entertaining. The fight, I'm sure Lyoto has to watch out for the, the initial Vitor Belfort rush. The first round should be entertaining. Vitor's going to run out there crazy like he always does and, and does work. Um, that's his best op- option to win. Leoto's best option to win is withstand a storm, use his cardio, and pluck uh, Vitor apart. I see this fight um, going to decision. I see Leoto winning this fight, um, third round decision. Um, I can't wait to see what happens. It should be entertaining. Both gentlemen are legends, and uh, I honestly just want to see a good fight. It's in Brazil, so I, it seems like they're doing both guys a solid. They both might be ready to get up out of here. Who knows? Um, yo! This weekend's going to be great. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And really quick, thank you so much. Again, you are listening to The Fight Podcast. I'm your host, Serge Vicente. Pay attention. Listen to us on iTunes. Listen to us um, and subscribe and everything on SoundCloud. Follow us at The Fight Podcast. Um, this show's been fun, man. It looks like I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, wrapping it up. Uh, this weekend should be incredible. Got a couple takeaways from it. Um, 
Loma IT come up takeaway number one. Um Loma versus Linares um is going to be an epic matchup. It is, is really going to highlight, you know, where boxing is going, and it's also gonna see who is going to be the front runner of boxing from here on out. Should be great. Um my second takeaway is man, digital media is taking over, bro. UFC has a, that big deal with, uh, with ESPN. Eddie Hearn, that big deal. These are multi-million dollar, billion dollar deals going back and forth. Um, I cannot wait to see, you know, what's going to continue happening with combat sports. But uh, digital media is where it's happening, man. This is where it's going. And uh, we really need to pay attention to what's going on. And uh, we need to tell these stars, you know, make stars. Eddie Hearn seems like he's doing a great job of, of making stars with people like the Anthony Joshua's of the world. Let's see if he can do the exact same thing with fighters from the States. I'm curious to see if he can do it. Maybe he's the man for the job. Oscar De Hoya hasn't seemed to do doing it. Um, Bob Abram hasn't seemed to have been able to do it as of late. So let's see if... Um, if Eddie Hearn can go ahead and do so. And my final takeaway. All in all, man, this is going to be a great, you know, fight week. Um, this is a, th these type of weekends are fight fans' dreams. Bellator 199, Paramount Network, Friday night, UFC pay-per-view event, Saturday night, boxing, premier championship boxing on ESPN. This is what needs to happen and uh, we need to have these uh, fight cards often enough, man. This is great. I can't wait. As a fight fan, I'm excited. And, uh, yo, this should be beautiful, man. Um, you have been listening to um, the Fight Podcast. I want to thank you once again for listening. I am your host, Serge Vicente. This has been an amazing time. Um, let's watch out for these fights coming up. Follow us on the on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast at Serge Vicente, um, on you know on IG, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, also, uh, you can buy merch. Um, and you can support the show at www.thefightpodcast.com. We are brought to you each and every week by Sage East Chicago. Check out Sage East Chicago and get a discount off of your uh, your your um, your uh, subscription there. And uh, yeah, man. Well, again, this is episode 13 of the Fight Podcast. I appreciate you guys being here with us. Peace out.